your hand up if you have a Bible. Um, if you don't have a Bible and you would like to be following along with the message, chuck your hand up. And we have two people, Jaslyn and Karina, who are about to pass them out. So chuck your hand up if you have a, don't have a Bible and you want one. No one? Yeah, that's cool. Don't, don't, don't want one anyway. Um, okay, so what I want to start with is a Bible reading. So if you guys want to follow along, I'll tell you where it is. Exodus chapter 15, 22. So I'm going to read this. Just excuse my reading. I'm not the best, but I'm giving it a crack. All right. So then Moses led... Okay, so just giving you a bit of context. Um, this is straight after they've come out of Egypt and they've gotten away from um, Pharaoh, whatever his name is, and they're, yeah, tra- they're traveling and they've just passed through the Red Sea. And yeah, this is where, where it is. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shara, whatever that name it is. Um, they travelled in the desert for three days without finding any water. When they came along the oasis of Mariah, something, and the water, the water was too bitter to drink, so they called the place Mariah. Something that means to <laughs> sorry, Mariah. Mara, okay, Mara, Mara, um, which means bitter. Um, then the people complained and turned against Moses. What are we going to drink? They demanded. So already they're already complaining, going, oh, what are we going to drink? When they have literally just seen, Je- like, through Jesus, Moses part the Red Sea, and yet they're going, oh, what are we going to drink? This water's bitter. It's like they've already seen something great, and yet they're complaining. And... So then we go on after this and he cries out to the Lord and then the Lord gives him this stick and it makes the water all good to drink and then they drink it and then they're happy. And then in 16 it says, Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elmar and journeyed into the wilderness of Sin between Elm and Mount Sinai. They arrived there one on the 15th day of the second month one month after leaving the land of Egypt. There's, there's two, three, there, there too the whole community of Israel complained about the Moses and Aaron. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. They, there we sat around plots of land with meat and we ate all the bread that we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. So now again they're off complaining when really that, so they have just seen two incredible miracles that most people would die to see in their life. So they have just walked through the Red Sea and they have just drank water that was too bitter to drink and they put a stick in it which made it sweeter so they could drink it. Like, and now they're complaining about not having enough food. Like, can you believe that? So um, and the title of my message today is what do, you, what do You Remember? So... In the times of trouble, what is the things that you remember? Do you remember the good or do you remember the bad? So obviously, when they're in these situations, they're not remembering <laughs> the bad things. So um, I relate a lot to the um, who are these people? The Israelites. I relate a lot to the Israelites. <laughs> sorry. sorry, I'm nervous. I'm okay. I relate a lot to the Israelites in this story, um, as sometimes when it comes to it, remembering God's. Faithfulness can be, a, I, 
when it comes to remembering God's faithfulness, I can be extremely forgetful. I don't know if that's the same with you, but in my life, when thing, I go through something rough, I'm like, oh, God, why are you not helping me? Come on. But then when really all throughout my life, I've seen God's faithfulness and all the miracles that he's performed in my life. But for some reason, I don't remember that. Um, when I'm in a hard situation, like maybe school's getting a bit hard or I'm in a bad relationship with someone, it might be my family, might be my friends, might be a boyfriend, a girlfriend, I don't know. Um, or I can't find a job, I think, like, I think, well, God, why aren't you helping me? Am I even going to get through this again? Like, how am I going to get through this? I don't, I don't know. But um, when, and I forget that all the stuff that God has pulled me through before. Um, and this is exactly what the Israelites did. They were, they were going to be killed by the, um, they were going to be killed by the Egyptians and God saved them from that. They were going to be thirsty. God saved them from that. And yet again, they got, they're just hungry and now they're going, oh, they're all angry because they're hungry. It's like, have you not seen all the amazing things that God has just done? When circumstances get difficult and out of control, it's easy to think that God has forgotten you and can't hear your prayers. And I was, I was trying to figure out, I was trying to like research, oh, why, did, why in the tough times do we, do we only think of the bad things? I tried to research, it didn't really say anything. I think it's just like emotions, it's something about emotions, like your memory is attached to emotions and when bad emotions, more emotions <laughs> means more. That's what I um, figured out for you. So you, you can research more if you want, even though that was a pretty good knowledge. Um, so it is important to remember that the Lord is faithful and he never changes. So in 2 Timothy um, 2.13, it says, it says, if we are faithless, he remains faithful for he cannot deny himself. So that's just saying that the Lord is faithful. That's who he is. He can never not be faithful because um, that, that is just like that is him. That's like who he is. So he can never deny it. So God is always going to be that so you can always rely on that um imagine how different the israelites would have react have have reacted if they remember they were remembering all the miracles that god had done for them do you think they would have been if they were remembering in that hard spot if they were automatically going oh wait no god has already provided for us then do you think that would have affected the way that they reacted then I think so. So it's the same for us. So when we go through something hard, if we're thinking about all the good things that God has already done, then it's going to affect the way we do things now. And that's one thing we, while we go through troubles in the first place, so that when we get to it again, we know and we have learned and we can react to it in a like, new way. Um, in life, what we have to remember... Wait, in life, what do you remember? Do you remember all the miracles that God has done? Or do you remember all, do you remember what has gone wrong um, in the last year or however long it's been? Or do you remember all the prayers that God hasn't answered yet? So just keep that in mind every time you're going through something. What are you remembering in your daily life? What, what is it that you remember? Like for me, so I had a car accident a little while ago, a month ago, and um, I was on the dirt road, I was going a bit fast around a corner and I spun out and fairly close to us coming along the other side was this truck. And if it was any closer, we, me and my little sister would have gone underneath this truck and most likely died. If um, we landed and we hit these two poles, 
Have you guys ever seen those, like the poles that kind of just bend over? So we hit two of them and that was all good. But then just above us, there was another pole also, like a Stolvi pole. And if we hit that, we probably would have died or something. But we ended up not hurt, not, um, the car wasn't very damaged. I can still drive it around. It's just a few scratches. So like, I can, I can, God, I think that was the favor of God in my life in that moment because I could have ended up dead and I could have killed my little sister or I could have written off my car. And, um, but some reason, for some reason now I'll be at school or something and something will be happening like um, maybe someone is saying something mean about me and I'll be like, God, why are you not like helping? Sorry, that's a really bad example. Um, <laughs> I'll be like, God, why aren't you helping? But then I forget about all the miracles that he has done like, um, in my life, but then I need to remember, well, I could be dead. <laughs> um, okay, so in Psalm 7711, um, oh, I'm going to start from 7. It says, will the, Lord re- um, reject, will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show you his favor again? Has his unfailing love vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he, has he in anger withheld his compassion? So that's like saying all the stuff that we might be thinking when we're going through trouble. We might be going, has the Lord reject, like, rejected us forever? Has, has, is he never coming back? Is his favor gone from my life? Is he never going to bring it back? Um, yeah, has his promise failed for all time? Like, so that's just some things that we can be thinking about. And then in verse 10 it says, then I thought to all, to this I will appeal that the years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I remember all the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles from long ago, of long ago. So that's saying like, um, that's all, that sort of stuff that we were saying in the first place. But then it's saying we need to remember all the good deeds that he's already done for us. So... Yeah, and then everything will change when you start remembering that he is faithful and remembering all the things that he's done. So I just encourage you with that. Remember all the stuff that he has done. And yeah, thank you guys. Great job. She's got in with three seconds to spare on the clock. So that's great, Carmel. But what do you remember? Bump that person next to you and go, what do you remember? And so we've got to remember the good to be uh, blessed by the good. Uh, let's give Leanna a quick welcome because she's made it. Woo! She's missed all the embarrassing stories about her. But now we're finishing off these, these mini messages and we can all talk, yeah? So let's get behind Jazz and double as much and really bring her as she uh, encourages us over. So welcome up, Jazz Learn. Um, so I'm just going to start off with a little story, and I don't like looking up, so I'm just going to read. Um, <laughs> so in my old room, uh, I don't know if you guys have been in it or not, uh, you probably haven't used my Wi-Fi in my old room either, but it absolutely sucked, okay? Um, the Wi-Fi box was upstairs, and I'd be lying in my bed on my phone, and it would just drop out randomly, and I'd have to walk the long and terrible walk up the stairs to reconnect it, then walk the journey back down again. 
It was, ex it was exhausting. It would happen like every five minutes. Um, However, recently, I don't know if you guys know, but I've had some pretty dramatic room renovations going on at my house. I was inevitably, inevitably, thank you. Um, I was forced against my own will to move upstairs into the spare room. Um, now, whilst moving out everything, I discovered that our family actually owned a library within the space of a few cupboards and that the move wasn't going to take a couple of hours due to the amount of things that I'd been hoarding in my room. Um, I'd found a lot of the lost and fought over things and also things I'd hidden from my siblings. Mainly clothes, but that doesn't matter. Um, so, ooh. Um, so after a few days, all of my stuff was in the new room and most of the previous stuff upstairs was now downstairs except for a couch and the Wi-Fi modem, which was, I was no means complaining about. It was now in my room. Um, after school, I came home one day and I didn't have, if I didn't have work, I'd lay on the couch and go on Facebook with the best Wi-Fi connection in the house. <laughs> Life was great. Um, <laughs> I definitely could live with this change. However, sad face. Um, one day, I came home from school after a long day of listening to teachers about osmosis. I was completely gutted to find out the Wi-Fi box was no longer in my room. Devastated. I know. And completely enraged, I went to Charlotte's room. Charlotte, where is the Wi-Fi box? Modem, sorry, modem. Um, and she had the same annoyed look on her face as I did as she said, Dad moved it downstairs. About a week later, <laughs> about a week later, Sean dropped me home from a youth meeting and volunteered to take the couch downstairs for me. Um, so, yeah, about a week later, the couch was moved out of my room and that was a change I could not deal with. Um, I tried to convince my parents that I only have friends because of that couch, that they only come over to use it and that I wouldn't have any more if they took it away. Um, <laughs> But they still moved it. So um, through the sucking and the whining, what I didn't realise was that I had so much more room in my bedroom now. Okay, now serious. <clears throat> um, Mark 5, verse 1 to 20, Jesus talks about restoring a demon-possessed man. For anyone who doesn't know about that story, I'll give you all a quick rundown. Jesus went to a town across a lake where he met a man with an impure spirit. No one could contain this man. Verse 5 says, night and day among the tombs in, and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell in, on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of most high God? In God's name, don't torture me. For Jesus had said to him, come out of this man, you impure spirit. The man began to... Can, yeah. <clears throat> The man continued to beg Jesus not to torture him. A large head of pigs were feeding on the nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the impure spirits came out and went to the pigs. The herd, about, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank and into the lake where they were, where, uh, mm, steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now... Those whom were looking after the pigs saw this and ran to go tell people what just happened. The people saw straight 
The people saw straight through the miracle and were afraid. They began to plead Jesus to leave their region. They pleaded Jesus to, re- to leave their regions. They, they had asked him to leave. Why do you think they asked him to leave? Sean, why? Yeah? Anyone, anyone else? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Because what they've been working for, what they've been getting their money from, Jesus just killed them. Um, they asked him to leave because they didn't want things to change. They were so upset and overwhelmed by the fact that Jesus had cast the demons out of the man and into the pigs that they asked him to leave. They chose the pigs over the miracle, and they asked him to leave. Basically, Jesus versus bacon, and bacon won, okay? Jesus never changes, and yet they still chose the bacon over the miracle. Um, So in my situation, I was so caught up over the fact that the Wi-Fi and the couch were being moved from my room that I didn't see that I now had more more floor space for more clothes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it wasn't quite a miracle or the same as the pig story but I still ignored the better part oh, of what had happened just so that I could be upset about the loss of the couch and the Wi-Fi. I was only happy when the change suited me and when I enjoyed it. Um, we are able to have and celebrate in the victory because Jesus died on the cross for us yet sometimes we take that for granted. The weight of the world was not taken but destroyed, yet sometimes we find ourselves blinded by the loss of the bacon instead of seeing the miracle. Jesus changed Simon's name from Peter. Oh, whoa. From Simon to Peter. The the name Peter meaning rock. He, Jesus, changed his name. He changed it to rock, the rock in which he would build his church, the rock he would build our church on. God knew Peter was a man of good things and something... and something that he could build his church upon. Peter wasn't perfect, but he was most Christ-like. Nobody ever miraculously, miraculously, miraculously. Everyone say it. (laughs) Okay, pretend I said that. Um, Nobody ever miraculously becomes perfect. There is always work to be done. However, when we are called to be... we, however, we are called to be Christ, like. Hmm. However, we are called to be like Christ. We aren't Christian. Oh wow, I didn't say that. <laughs> we as Christians aren't called to meet a standard as such, but to set one. Luke 19. Zacchaeus was a changed man after an encounter with God. He took sin out of his life so that he could be more like Jesus. Get rid of sin. Um, that can be my title because I don't have one. Um, get rid of sin if you're taking notes. Um, we are called to be like Christ, and that means getting rid of sin that weighs us down, distracting us from the miracle and becoming more Christ-like. Say goodbye to baggage and sin, and you will see the Lord deliver. Stand firm and steadfast. Don't meet a standard, set a standard. Always know that he walks before you, beside you, and is ever-present in times of need. Keep your eyes on him and don't ignore the miracle. Well, and don't ignore the miracle, ignore the bacon figure. Done.